I wish I could hold her hand and give her a hug. She was married to the man. He was a thug. His name was Lee. He drove a Z. He'd pick her up from school promptly at three. I was on her jock. Yes, indeedy. I wrote graffiti on the bus. First, I'd write her name, then carve a plus with my name last on the looking glass. I seen her yesterday, but still I had to let her pass. She keeps on passing me by. Welcome back to the Continue Podcast, everybody. That's uh, that's the Far Sides, uh, passing me by, which has like the sweetest hook in in the, the history of slow jams. Oh, dude, Far Side. Now, yeah, yeah, that's you gotta you gotta check that out. Okay. Uh, it's very good. Yeah, we're now we're now like having to get into like alt hip hop. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> From like like you that's the deep cuts. Th- that's that's trip to the Far Side. That record's like ninety one. It's early. Unless you were watching a lot of Yo MTV raps, you probably missed that one. Uh, my name is Anthony John Agnello. Welcome back to a podcast that is ostensibly about video games. Thank you, everybody, for, for joining us for episode 53 here. I'm fresh back from the birthplace of Harry Potter, where, where J.K. Rowling didn't make up shit. Uh, and if, <laughs> if, if, if you want a detailed explanation of that, you'll have to become a Patreon backer and listen to the opening section. With me are my two wonderful, wonderful friends and co-hosts. We have Susan Arndt. Okay, so here's here's your homework. I want you on the social media of your choice, whether that's YouTube or TikTok or Twitter, to go find Kane Hill, C-A-E-N-H-I-L-L, center it's a farm and what they do uh at, it's run by a lovely gentleman named chris and he films the animals as he lets them out of the barn every day and it's the morning rush hour and then coco the donkey does the weather and all the animals have names and then so he films this and he posts it and then he films them all going to bed at night and he films that and he gives them voices and it's the most wonderful and pure way to start your day oh man that is that is that is good advice so it's not i just hit google for cane hill as you were saying that and i got a uh 2017 horror movie called cane hill that has a two-star rating on oh IMDb. god no no it's in wiltshire england okay uh so uh it's cane hill c-a-e-n-h-i-l-l-c-c on twitter and uh, he posts. It, it, there's Cuthbert the Goose, who is my favorite. <laughs> Cuthbert, Cuth- yeah. Cuthbert the Goose. There's uh, em- Emerson Lake and Palmer the Ducks. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ken and Kenny the Roosters. Uh, there's Bumblebee the Sheep, oh, Lucy the man. Goat, Socks and Smudge the Cats. I'm really stuck on Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Oh my god, yeah. yes! Especially yes. because ducks make the sound that that band made. I feel like there needs to be a better, like, duck pun in there somewhere, but I'm not, like, really sure how to it's Hue- it. Yeah, Huey, Dewey, and Louie is the triplicate. That well, you really... you'd th- oh, I, yes. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... uh, the ducks rescued from John Taylor, uh, bass player for Duran Duran, uh, are named Duran and Duran. That's pretty good. Okay. That's good. Yep. Yeah, I like that. How do you tell them apart? Uh, like, it... Here's the thing. Okay, so here's the thing. This is the truth. Okay. So Cuthbert 
hangs out with three lady geese, Cece, Cece, and Owen. <laughs> I, can, I, I can only tell Owen because she has like some little gray feathers on her back. I cannot tell the other three geese apart. I can't. And, and he like every day, he's like, oh, hello, Cuthbert. I'm like, how do you know that's Cuthbert? I don't understand. Susan, what is TikTok? What is... Oh, Lord, honey. Okay, so... <laughs> I, I couldn't let it go. Anthony's showing his age go. immediately. Yeah. Just turn into dust. It's, it's, it's the new vine. No, okay. Let me yeah, it but it, it's, it's all, like, high schoolers, though, right? It, it's more than that, but it's like... Okay, if vine and... Okay, so... Okay. Okay, so culturally speaking. Oh my god, what have I done? I know. Instagram is for like like models and people who are like, I'm going to take this picture for Age, times Yeah, ages it's, twenty to fifty exactly. only if you have a six pack or if you smoke a ton of weed. Exactly. Yeah, and like they're suck And you're rich. You're doing yoga in front of succulents, like whatever. <laughs> it's it's that. Okay. Uh uh, Vine was for making dopey little videos, usually to be funny, mm-hmm. right? Like ah, funny. Okay, so imagine you are a young person now. No, uh, okay, I know. It's like <laughs> Anthony, you are playing Fortnite. Yeah. Oh god. And flossing. Oh, here I am. That's me. Okay. There, there you, you go. go, Anthony, the Fortnite player. The Fort- like not even because Fort like this isn't even for. Okay, so one of the most common forms of content on TikTok is cringe. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Now that's all you had to say. There now we go. Now I get it. Yeah. Now now that I know what the format is, that's I get it. I see yes. It. Well, Have that's, I told that's you guys? popular with the youngs, but the then, youths, but but then, then there are, are other things that are also just absolutely delightful. Have I told you guys what I've started to do to Instagrammers? Because oh, no. you can you can tell the difference between a human being who's posing for a, a regular picture by themselves or yeah. with a, a you know friends whatever yeah and somebody who's clearly fucking posing for Instagram right 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 like I, I like that ma- the, that motorcycle accident oh my god <laughs> Jesus I mean, God it's a great picture though so I, I, yeah I I want to I want to provide a preface to this that I know I'm an asshole I know I'm a monster so. Okay. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna cop to it first. All right. All right. And I like I live in a town filled with waterfalls. Like people um, come here for the natural beauty of the landscape here. They go chasing them. Yeah, would say. Yeah. Oh, I, well, no, no, I wouldn't recommend it, Dave. I wouldn't. <laughs> look, there are lakes and rivers oh nearby God. that you're used to. Oh Stick my to God. that. This is just stay over this there. This is so on brand. <laughs> so, so now. When I see somebody, like, doing the Instagram pose, like, they're, like, literally, like, cocking their shoulder repeatedly to get the light, I just start going, BLAST! 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 Until they go away. (laughs) (laughs) Not even hashtag blast? Just blast? No, no, just blast. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, so, like, there's a flower sanctuary that I love to go running in. Yeah. And if, like, somebody's in the path... While I'm trying to run, and like I can see them a hundred yards ahead of me, uh-huh. posing. Bless! <laughs> Bless! Here's, here's, what, here's 
love you. You are, despite appearances, you are a lovely human being. Your, your heart is enormous. Your soul is beautiful. Like, I would donate an organ to you. And yet... You do these things. You know, you know that there's like a deep well, like it's not hatred. No, no, but no. like it's it. There is like this, like the the monster that lives inside is a thing of scorn. It is. Like the, <clears throat> the there is inside of me, like the person in who lives in here who loves Invader Zim. Yes, is <laughs> screaming blasted. <laughs> Yeah. so good see that's what you like okay so when you give in to your 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 inner my scorn demon yeah. when i when i inevitably do that i am very clearly uh reenacting the movie may <laughs> which for those of you who haven't seen it a girl goes out on halloween and starts killing people with a butcher's knife Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you can carry, drag around a cooler full of body parts on Halloween, and nobody, nobody will stop you. So, uh, yeah. Don't even look at it. And go, hey, that's pretty cool. They'll be like, "Wow, great costume! Thank you." Uh oh my god, yeah. All right, so our third member here <laughs> is none other. Then Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts, a guy who is oh. going to learn how to—I don't—they don't have a word for this in the English language, but learn how to like <laughs> food, food like stuff, food with science, like in the ground, like things. I don't know. I'm looking into it. I, yeah, uh, I'm, bachelor's degree. I'm pretty sure we'll that's still farming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I, I realize I spent like five years as a writer. When I'm talking, the words don't always come. <laughs> the writing, you could spend however the hell long That's you want true. to find the word. Sure. You're talking, you're like, uh, I don't know, the th- with the food, they grow it. I don't know, what does it call those? <laughs> um, I'm the person who once called a river a water road. So I have no room to judge. <laughs> you're, you're not uh, wrong. Oh, no. That's, I guess that's technically what it is. I, for us. I was. We were streaming Dead Island, and we were in like a like a like a boat or a hydrofoil or something going down the river, and I was trying to say to go left, and I could not think of the word, so I said water road. Water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts, how you living, man? Uh, good. Uh, I just discovered that the Dragon Quest Eleven demo on Switch is ten hours long. Uh-huh. Well, I, it would have to be, wouldn't it? Like, I, yeah. so I, well, I just like I downloaded it because I was like, well, okay, I'll, I'll poke in, just kind of see how it looks. But I'm waiting for the final game to come out because uh, also my son's been playing Dragon Quest Builders too. So I'd be like, hey, here's a little like you could play some Dragon Quest like proper. Um, and then I saw on Twitter that it's like not like not only does the save carry over into the final game, but it's like up to the fourth party member. So the game is basically out now. <laughs> uh, so I might start playing that again. For does your your save <laughs> file carries over? Yeah. Yeah, like right. what your save file in the demo, wherever you end up, will carry over. Um, and I think you unlock a spirit in oh. Smash Brothers. Cool. I don't know. Anyway, how do you, yeah. how do you like how do you like the two D stuff? 
I like I said, I haven't had a t- chance to touch it yet. I was just gonna kind of like poke in over the weekend. Oh, nice. But now, like, I, I think I might go the distance on yeah, it again. But yeah, like from what what I've seen, like, uh, yeah, the the 2D stuff is pretty seamless, and like you can the, there's an option in the like there are a bunch of new options that they've added to the game in addition to like extra scenes and stuff. Yeah. But one of the options just makes townspeople tell white lies. Randomly, <laughs> that's fucking what? awesome. And it's like, yeah, like I, like uh, I think Jason Scryer posted a tweet about it, and it's just like, yeah, they'll just like f- fucking lie to you. That's awesome. That's really like, cool. and you won't know. Great change. <laughs> wow. So yeah, like the just the level, the attention to detail so with that kind of stuff is. I, I want to give remarkable. a quick, quick shout out, uh, listener of blast, 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 blast. Uh, uh, <laughs> shit. Uh, Joe Joe Clark uh, got at got at all of us on Twitter about Dragon Quest Eleven, and Susan, I don't think you knew that this version of it was a lot, like you could play it like a two D no like I did not. Super Nintendo Dragon yeah, Quest yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be much snappier that way. Well, that's that's why I'm I'm willing to go back in there. Because I like you don't realize while you're playing Dragon Quest Eleven until you're away from it that like you're like oh man I sank 111 hours into that thing, and I would say 83 of those uh, 83 of those hours is probably just like all right well I got into town now I have to spend 22 minutes walking to the end of it yeah that's true and actually going yeah. in every house and yep. talking to every person but then if you just like make it go into like a super nintendo setup yeah, like condense dun, it dun, dun, yeah dun, dun, dun. see that uh, yeah that that is a that's fantastic because right like, wait oh right i gotta go like especially the like the town you start in for some reason is very distributed and it's, it's like oh wait i gotta go over the oh, it's yeah. weird that it first is. town is so like like because there's like the lower levels yeah 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 and like that shit i like i think we've talked about Spoiler warning for everybody who's going to be playing. Skip ahead of just a couple of seconds if you don't want to know this. We've talked about it on the show a billion yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Like, you get to two-thirds of the way through the game, and it kicks you back in time. And you're, like, you like you're bumped back to, like, level ten. And you have to, like, relearn a lot of stuff and go back to certain environments. And it's only, it lasts only a short period of time. And you get, like, new characters and stuff like that. But I think that if you could just breeze through that stuff mm. that would make it so much more palatable hey atlas persona 6 is coming out if you want to have like <laughs> in 2025 eight, 18 hour dungeons at the end of your game just maybe make them 2d or yeah maybe yeah. that was i mean I, mm. yeah love the game obviously sure but oh my god the dungeon on the fucking boat oh uh, my god well, and like there are like there it's basically four dungeons. Like all right, well you talk to all the assholes at the pool. Go home. <laughs> yeah. Go home yeah. and sleep for a week. Like, yeah. Come back. You can go to the cafe this time. Uh. So I guess I guess for our purposes we could probably describe Dragon Quest Eleven and Persona Six, uh, the hypothetical game as indie games, right, Dave? We just call those little. We can just call those. Yes, yeah, we, we can call them independently developed. Independently games. developed by large conglomerates <laughs> of video game developers and corporations uh, working together toward a common goal, which is your money. <laughs> uh, 
true. Yeah. Um, so I have a question. Yeah. Is Microsoft an independent publisher? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, technically, it technically is. <laughs> technically, it is its own entity. Okay. In this, well, see, this, a company this is that what gen- we're getting into. A company that by itself generates $30 billion in right. revenue a year. It's independent. Uh, no, because this is what kind of like we're getting into here. So uh, Gamescom, I'll never get that name. I, I always want to say Gamescom because that makes sense in my brain, but it's Com uh, was this week. And uh, Nintendo sort of, like, I guess they kind of kicked it off. They they were, on Monday, they had the first little presentation. They dropped a little mini direct called Indie World. Just, boom, here's, like, 20 minutes of some cool-looking games. And the games do look cool. Like, we saw mm-hmm. Cat Quest 2 was in there. Uh, we got, um, what, what was the other one that I was looking at? The uh, Creature in the Well, mm-hmm. which is, like, a pinball dungeon crawler with a really slick art style. Like, that looks super cool. Uh, but the game or the the video opened with opened and closed with two games that I don't know if I would call quote unquote indie. <laughs> so they open with Risk of Rain Two, which granted is developed by a small studio, but it's being published by Gearbox, mm. which as we all know, not small. N- not a small company, you know, helmed by a weird magician with a lot of money. Uh, and then they closed the show with Ori and the Blind Forest, which is an Xbox game. Like, granted, again... It's, Xbox, game... it's important to state that it's an Xbox-owned intellectual property. Yes. Uh, and right. independent, like, yeah, Moon Studios makes those games. Uh, and there, they, there are a lot of small indie developers that work with them on a contract basis. Uh, Alexander O. Smith, he of uh, Final Fantasy Twelve and Final Fantasy Tactics and Vagrant Story, and like he works with them. And but that Ori and the Blind Forest is an Xbox brand. Yeah, like they 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 know it enough to be an Xbox brand that they feature it on their main stage at their E three press conference. Right. Yeah. Like it's that. But like I, say with Cup with Cuphead. But like, I think Cup- just in, in, in the in the period of you saying this, I think you've really nailed down indie games used to be self-published because they had to be because nobody else was going to do it right now you still have indie developers but they're being picked up by known established large publishers right i just i feel like and again i like i i don't i don't want to begrudge the term especially because like indie rock has been like a misnomer for years like every indie rock band that i've liked since i was a, like in high school was probably published by a large label on a smaller label to make them seem like cooler uh, but i like i feel at this point indie doesn't necessarily mean independent as in the sense of like you know, like, the games, like, Braid and Fez right. or whatever from, like, 10, 15 years ago and more, like, an ethos or, like, like a specific style. Yeah. You know? And, like, I, like, and I'm just kind of grappling with the idea that, like, do we even need it anymore? Well, no, is no, it a, no. is yeah, it don't. a useful? Uh, it is, okay, it's not useful for us. It's not useful mm. for the three people here. It's not useful for the vast majority of the people listening to this show. Uh, 
I've been thinking about this a lot, and it's why I was really excited when you suggested it as a topic, Dave. Uh, so I spent pretty much most of J- July and the beginning of this month tracking down and then talking to all of the people involved with the original Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Which is uh, so cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for you guys to read it. <coughs> August 30th. August 30th. Oh, yeah? Com. That'll be up. Uh, but, like, I talked I talked to the founding members of Neversoft, uh, a lot of people who were at Ocean, uh, who, you know, if you ever played, like, Wait, a Wii... Ocean, like, the, like, yeah, they like, made the Jurassic Park game, Yeah, Ocean? made the Jurassic Park game, like, lethal weapon for NES. If you were Holy playing, shit. Yeah, like, that shit, and talking to people, like, who were at Malibu Comics when they were trying to develop games in the early 90s, and even people who were at Activision from, like, 1994 to 2000, when Activision, there was no, there was no such thing as Bobby Kotick sitting in front of, like, you know, the Illuminati and saying, we've delivered the next billion-dollar franchise. They made that Bruce Willis game. They they made that Bruce Willis game. (laughs) It's okay. It was a lot, it was a lot of people in a lot of different corners of the video game industry once upon a time, really in the moment when it was truly becoming... A, a bigger medium, you know, mm-hmm. like it was going from like, oh well, there are these international, internationally renowned Japanese companies and a few Western companies that are all over the planet, and this is like the moment that gaming is breaking through. And talking to them, I realized like we never needed the word indie uh, in the twentieth century, and even at the beginning of the twenty-first century, because the vast majority of it, games were made by independent studios it there were places there were publishers that had their own internal studios like capcom and squaresoft and they were the big players and then you had platform holders like nintendo and sony but really that was a rarity you know far more common once upon a time you people talk about enix the people that made dragon quest back in the day like they were a developer they weren't enix was just a publisher they only looked at little development houses, some places that were one, two, Well, yeah, because, like, Dragon Quest is made by Bird Studio, right? And technically? Technically, and uh, uh, Compile was, like, the people <clears throat> making Dragon Quest way back in the day. Uh, and, or, like, Quintet. Quintet was the studio that made Illusion of Gaia, Soul Blazer, all of these things. So, like, indie, everybody was indie. Every video game developer was indie, and you didn't need to say a video game was indie because everything was just a video game. If something was two hours long, didn't matter, you were either paying a quarter for it or, like, $80. <laughs> because that's just... Ev- that was all a video game. Yeah. And like you said, Susan, we got to a point around, you know, 2010 when video games had gone through this contraction where the only people who could afford to make a video game and publish it on a machine that people would have access to were these gigantic multinational corporations. And the word indie emerged at the moment that entities like EA were just buying everything up. Like, there's no more Maxis. Now we own that shit. There's no more Origin Studios. We own that shit. There's no... Susan, what is the mobile company that we were talking about uh, when we had our conversation recently about free-to-play models and Babblefish, Playfish. Oh, no, 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 Big Fish. Big Fish, Big Fish, Big Fish. Uh, acquired. PopCap, acquired. Like, 
every there was no such thing as an independent studio because it was impossible to economically survive. And then we had the birth of the indie game. Now, it's funny, like, because, Dave, you're talking about this thing where, like, why the fuck would Ori and the Blind Forest be considered an indie game? Ten years ago, it would have been fine to refer that as an indie game because you needed an identifier. In the same, you brought up music. In Once Upon a Time, it was meaningful to refer to a band as alternative. Mm. Yeah, well, like, like Sub Pop has a store at a goddamn airport exactly, now. Like, come exactly, on! Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's the ugly reality of why the word indie exists. It has nothing to do even with the ethos. It's an economic signifier. Mm-hmm. Indie is a shorthand way of saying to somebody, you're not going to be paying $60 for this game. That's it. That's it. That's like... And, like, that's kind of weird and gross. I hate this. I knew... I knew when I started down this wa- long and winding water road... <laughs> that... <laughs> that you were gonna be very, very unhappy where it ended, but like that's it, man. When when you talk to somebody who's a developer, when you talk to somebody who's a publisher, and they say indie, it has nothing to do with uh, artistry. It has to do with cost and, and yeah, platform. and perception of cost and perception, and perception of, of expectations. Because you're right, like all of the games on this list, like you would never look at any of these and go. This is going to be a game that I would spend forty dollars on, let alone sixty. These right. are games that are going to take me like ten hours to play, or like you know, Torchlight Two is going to be hundreds and you know of hours mm-hmm. of gameplay or whatever. But you're not going to be paying sixty dollars for it. No, yeah. and and the the expectation of the amount of money that went into it is also lowered. Yeah, like you won't say like, oh well, you know. Like, why, why does this game look janky? It's like, well, because it's made by three people and they're charging $20 for it. Right. Uh, it, man, you just made me very sad. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Don't, but, don't, don't be, don't be totally mean, sad because the flip side of this is that the, the fact that that happened means that we returned to a place of, like, artistic equilibrium. Like... After the last 10 years, the the boom, bust, and flattening of the mobile space, the boom, bust, and flattening of Steam, all of these things uh, represent like the fact that the, the sort of nightmare of last decade and the early parts of this decade has sort of flattened out, and people can just make video games again. And if you want to be if you want to be one person, making a video game over the span of four years, you you could get it out there, and you could, if you're real lucky, and, you know, get your signal out, then you can make a living doing it. That's that's the yeah. good side of that. Yeah, but, like, the, I think the, the bad side of it, though, is that, like, I mean, it, it's good for the people who get featured in these sorts of things, but I also feel like someone like Microsoft is taking up space that, would be better served highlighting a like you know like an actual independent developer you know what i mean like granted like people are gonna be excited to go play super hot on their switch people are gonna be excited to play ori on their switch like uh, but these are all known quantities by known people they are no yeah exactly susan please yeah 
here's the thing. Like, we ha- you have to keep in mind that the average person yeah. doesn't know all this shit. So they're like, super hot's gonna show up on their switch. And they're gonna be like, what is this? Right. Right. Same thing yeah. with Ori. You know, getting something onto an Xbox or onto a Switch with the oomph of a larger picture behind it means it gets more eyeballs. It has more budget to be more visible uh, and all of that. Like, if you go onto your Switch right now, there's indie games aplenty. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too much, actually. Yeah. and you, One would argue. You go through them, and all that is, is right there is a name and maybe a couple images and whatever description they've been able to write, which is sometimes not entirely English. You're right. <laughs> Anthony knows. Yeah. Hey, look that I was about to say that weird softcore answering machine game just showed up on my switch. Okay. <laughs> I didn't pay for that with real money. I know. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. It, it is interesting to me to, to think though that there is a like there's there's almost like like I, I hear this term come up every now and then but like the triple A indie so to speak oh, where yeah. you, where yeah, you yeah. have like yeah. like you know people know who Vlambeer is sure. so like well, like you, people... you know what I mean like like people people know about certain games or certain creators or like like games that get funding like Risk of Rain 2 being published by Gearbox whereas like I don't know like it's it's I get why Nintendo would try to focus on this list of games as opposed to, like, going out and, like, hey, what's this random game that showed up on Steam? Let's get that on our platform. But, I don't know. I just, it, it feels I, like, I mean, like, the, like, is, like certain people are being propped up I don't, I don't, over others. I don't, but, I don't like, wanna, but All under the name of indie, though. You I know what I mean? I don't want to get us too into, like, the weeds of this. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like it's it's funny that you should say that because the hidden subtext of Nintendo doing this and Microsoft being like, "Yeah, let's do that," is them joining the chorus of major businesses in the video game industry of being like, "Go fuck yourself forever, Valve." Hey, Valve, mm. go fuck yourself forever. Your your wonderful little reign of tyranny. Uh, that has gone on for the past 15 years is over, dogs. We're we're reclaiming everything from you. Uh, so that's like that's the other part of this. That's the other part of Microsoft mm-hmm. and Nintendo saying like, hey, let's slide this in there because it's it's saying to developers who are in that higher uh, tier that you're describing, Dave, uh, of like recognition of audience, etc saying like hey we're we're out here giving you this big support come work with us uh on this kind of basis and and we can make gabe newell's stuff <laughs> can make, we can make him his knife collection we, just a little bit smaller we, we can head crap <laughs> up knife collection? oh he has a knife collection oh, okay that's the episode title everybody oh he has a knife collection you okay yeah yeah i I don't know man like i i think indie stopped being a useful term like three years ago four years ago 2015 i wouldn't say i wouldn't say it stopped being a useful term i would say it stopped being an accurate yeah that's 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 better that's better yeah like it's it it refers to a feel an aesthetic a price range, yep. 
you know, you're not getting Assassin's like Assassin's Creed is a not indie game. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Elder Elder Scrolls uh, Blades. I can't remember what the latest. <laughs> That's Elder... a mobile game. Right? Yeah, I can't it remember is. what the latest what the latest Bethesda attempt to make fetch happen is called. I can't remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it's fucking Blades. But yeah. like, yeah, like that's you could be like, oh, well, this is our indie product, uh, and it's it's not, it's never, no, it never is. Made by a team of five people that we keep in a cage. To... <laughs> <laughs> I I I find it really keep funny. making dungeons. Like around like 2012, 2013, people were still describing Epic as as like the most prominent indie. In, oh uh, yeah, yeah. In the that, world, that dude's. Tim Sweeney has like a billion dollars. Tim yeah. Sweeney. Tim Sweeney has ten yachts, and one of them is made of dragon bones. It's actual dragon bones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you have epic money, you know that dragons were once real. <laughs> you <have exclusive laughs> You're access. part of the secret cabal yeah. of people who know have, about dragons. You have access to their shit. Uh, speaking of dragons, speaking of dragons, and speaking of. Uh, the realm of dragons, the people that make realms of dragons. Susan, you want fucking none of it. You're done. Uh, you want well, specifics? Uh, specifics. Okay. There's... Okay. Because I just wanted. I was trying to transition from all the dragons to. Yeah, I know. I get. Yeah. The game with all okay. the dragons. I was. I was thinking. I was thinking about the Elder Scrolls recently. I don't even remember what brought it up, but all of a sudden I was down a Skyrim rabbit hole, and I'm like, I'm watching the trailer. The original reveal trailer. And by the way, if you haven't done that recently, and why would you? But if you haven't, I highly recommend it. And and here's what got me down. I, I don't remember why I started thinking about Skyrim. But whenever I think about the Elder Scrolls, I inevitably go to the music. Because Jeremy Sewell is a genius. And, and he makes such incredibly great music for the Elder Scrolls. Some of the only video game music I remember... Mm. Because we've and we've talked about this before. I yeah, don't, it's just it's just in one ear, it's and like, out the other. Yeah, it's a, it happens. I don't, nothing, but but you know all the the orchestral stuff in Elder Scrolls. It's, if it's if so, if if it's a rousing orchestral theme and a dragon is nearby, or if somebody's a chef chef foo, yes, you remember it. That then is. I got it. Then I'm there. Good. So uh, okay, so I I go I I look it up on YouTube the. Uh, the launch trailer or the reveal trailer with Max von Sydow doing that voiceover and then the dragon eye opens and then you know they call him Dovahkiin you know <laughs> dragonborn Fosrostar and it's the music and all that right and it reminded me how I felt when I saw that because mm. I still get like that it's this this just this like, it looks like a sacred heart just, like, burning right in my chest, and I'm so excited by it. It's just so evocative. And if they released Elder Scrolls Six tomorrow, I don't think I would have that reaction to it. Because Elder Scrolls in Fallout, I mean, they, they really don't like it when you say Fallout is Elder Scrolls with guns, but it's Elder Scrolls with guns. It sure yeah. is. It sure is. It, it, it is. It's Elder Scrolls with metal pants. Just stop it. It is. <laughs> And, you know, they they play the same, they feel the same, the environments, even though they're aesthetically different, they still look the same because they use the same engine, obviously. And they've they've done them so close together yeah. 
you know, Oblivion and Fallout and, and Skyrim. And the games are so huge that I don't feel like I've had a chance to miss them. Hmm. I don't feel like I have had a chance to miss that experience. And then, you know, Elder Scrolls Online and and even uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Legends, the card game, which is yeah. excellent. But, like, all of I don't feel like I've had the opportunity to, to go, man, I'm dying well, for a new and Elder like, Scrolls. Not even that. Like, Skyrim's been re-released, like, yeah. 80 yeah. times? Yeah, like, yeah. like Skyrim has never left the collective public consciousness. Yeah. I, I was just and, that's, and that's part of it. I think you're right, Dave. I hadn't considered yeah. that. But I think you're absolutely right. It's, like it, now, now you can play it on your Switch. Now you can yeah. play it on your fridge. It, look, we got it on the Alexa. It's great. <laughs> They're really Dave. Like I'm so glad you made that point because I was gonna say like when you when you think back, there was only like a couple of years between Morrowind and Oblivion. Like they happened fast. That's true. Right. That's true. Like you know if you especially if you were playing uh, Morrowind on Xbox, it was which I was three, and then. Yep. Three years later, 2006, you're playing Oblivion on your Xbox 360. Like, it, yep. that quick. But, if you wanted to play Morrowind, it was it was scarce. You either needed a PC that basically ran on black magic, or, <laughs> and like, an infinite well of patience and an original Xbox whose hard drive didn't die. <laughs> and then, Oblivion, like... Same thing. Oblivion, you needed, like, a PC that wasn't like, why does the game build like this? I can't run this. <laughs> or you needed an Xbox 360, because if you had a PlayStation 3, it basically just erupted, oh. like, smoke just came out of the front when you put Oblivion It would there. just spit the disc back out at you. It's like, no, no, fuck you, Bloop. no. Bloop. And then, like, you know, five years, five years between sequels is a, a fairly long time, but it's not that long. That's the average no, length of time long, between, yeah. like, Zelda games. That's how often Zeldas come out. And then yeah. you have Skyrim. But Skyrim, like you said, Dave, like Sky, it's been Skyrim every day, all day, mm. for nine years almost. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm that skeleton at the end of the last crusade. Uh, like, oh, my God. It never, yeah, it, yeah, it never stops Skyriming. And, like, I... I is there, is there a moment where, like, even if you're making the best thing in the world, mm -hmm. that if you just keep walking up to somebody being like, Ha ha, I made the best thing in the world! Remember that? Remember when I made the best thing in the world? It's almost like if absence makes the heart grow fonder, presence inevitably, yeah. like, makes you bitter. Familiarity breeds contempt. Familiarity breeds contempt. Like, there's... Yeah. And, and Susan, like... Between... Let's tally it up since 2011. <laughs> Skyrim on multiple platforms. Mm -hmm. Legends. The mm -hmm. the card game. Mm -hmm. uh, no, Legends. Is Legends the card game? Is that... Yes. yes. Yeah, Legends Online. Yeah. Fallout 3. Yeah. Fallout 4. Yeah, New Vegas. Fallout seventy six, Fallout New yeah. Vegas. Do you do you think you spent? And like, I'm not being facetious. Yeah, two two thousand hours. Two thousand. Did we start with Skyrim or Oblivion? We'll start with Oblivion. Oh fuck. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, like si- so since like let's say two thousand. Then I'm easily in the five hundred. Then I'm easily in the thousand. Easily, easily, easily in the yeah. thousands. You, like, yeah. like I don't think two thousand hours is because like you didn't really like Fallout Three. Am I remembering that correctly? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah, like you didn't like three, but you played a lot of four. I did play a lot of four. And like, oh man, like that's. I played a lot of four. I played a lot of Elder Scrolls Online. I played Elder Scrolls Online for an entire summer. Basically, I, yeah, every I, day, all day. I also don't think that we're at a point where, you know, part of that run, Morrowind, to Skyrim, it was like the the technological leaps forward were so profound during that yeah. period that yeah. part of the excitement was like, holy shit, look what we can do now, and like I don't care. Like, like the only thing that would make Elder Scrolls Six that impressive is if it ran well at launch. Yeah. Like, Todd Howard walks yeah. out on stage yeah. and goes like, "No more Gabriel!" And like confetti rains <laughs> yeah. down from the yeah. ceiling. Yeah. yeah, but then six like, months later, just before launch, he'll be like, "We were fucking with you, Gabriel, forever." <laughs> like, yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry, we yeah. were too ambitious. I would, and 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 that's the other thing. I mean, at this point. And, and and I think also games like The Witcher ha- are factoring into this as well yeah, because yeah. part of what I loved so much about Oblivion and Skyrim to a lesser extent was it is a fully realized world. It, yeah. You feel like you are in a place. Yep. And that's really a massive part of the appeal for me. But Bethesda isn't the only... <sighs> company doing that anymore no they were for a long time they were for a long time you know morrowind was for me just a remarkable experience of feeling like this is a place you could go and then oblivion took that and but made it beautiful yeah because it was so colorful and vibrant and blah 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 and now lots of people do that dog so what you got Every, and like everybody does it, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to not to bring up Breath of the Wild again, but Breath of the Wild is a very like classically Elder Scrollsy world. Like part of the pleasure of it is like, mm-hmm. oh, I went into this like forest and found this person and blah 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 blah. Everybody's sort of mimicked what made that magical, uh, and you know, there's 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 still the things that are distinctly Elder Scrolls Fallout, like joining the guild that you find. For sure. Uh, For wherever. sure. But that's just a Fa- story. Fallout's, Fallout's, Fallout's different than Elder Scrolls. Oh, you join stop. different guilds. Go fuck yourselves, yeah. guys. Come on. Yeah. Well, no, because Fallout has the, the bit with the skeletons in the bed. And they're, like, holding each other. Yeah. As opposed like, to the skeletons that's... you find in the belly of the ship underwater in Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> like, As opposed and, and to those has... skeletons. Also, Mass Effect happened. Yeah, Mass Effect happened. Yeah. Right? Like, once upon a time, the Bethesda RPGs were where you went for your really great story and your really great characters and the really solid writing and lore and all that. Yeah. Now the people doing that, dog, we got, you know... There's some yeah. people out there. Normal human beings understand what a lore bible is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, we get it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I I am excited to see what a new Elder Scrolls will be. Mm-hmm. Even if... Even though I'm not, like, a huge fan. Just because, like I, like, I get why people are into them, even if I'm not. I just don't know if I can 
like if 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 they don't come out of the gate swinging with like hey look like the bugs are gone like, <laughs> i just i don't i just don't know if they can't like if if they could ride the hype another time well i, I, I yes they can yeah, let's be they, real they yeah no true they can, yeah. they're fucking crazy but i agree with you i i i think a lot of this is this is like it, it certainly won't last like Skyrim did. Sorry, no, uh, but yeah, won't. like it just like it certainly won't like it, it won't have that cultural impact like Skyrim did for but, sure. But that's what all of every giant media company is realizing simultaneously. Dave is because Skyrim isn't the only thing that's just like, hey, it made a lot of money and now you want it all the time. Just keep it all the time. Give me the money. That's everything. It's everything. Like, that's what Disney's realizing with Star Wars. Like, oh, we bought Star Wars and you love Star Wars, right? We're gonna give it to you all the goddamn time. We're just, you can have it whenever you want it. You, like, you, you saw the what? No, just, but like, but that, like, again, you know, Varying degrees of success, well, because once it's there all of the time, it's not special it's anymore. Not special anymore. That's right. that's that's the grand reveal. And like the fact of the matter is, is if you look, it's astonishing to see how a lot of the early Switch games have just kept selling, kept selling, and uh, like Breath of the Wild keeps selling, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe keeps selling, but also like Doom. Street Fighter, these huge brands from these big companies that took a chance on Switch right out the gate, those mm. keep selling. Skyrim mm. is not. Skyrim is not one of those gangbusters guaranteed sellers on the Switch, and it didn't stay there for that long, which means, like, like the, the shine is already off that apple, and if that shine wasn't off that apple, I think that people would have been a lot more forgiving of Fallout 76's shortcomings last year than they were with what happened like if people were still so excited about the bethesda experience then people wouldn't have turned on that yeah. game like instantly. i'm not sure i agree with that really i'm not sure i agree with that yeah because here's the thing the P- fallout fans and, and we talked about this on, an, on a different show they come to Fallout for something very specific. A That's lot true. of them, yeah. and it is the those characters and those storylines, which doesn't exist in Fallout seventy six. Right. All the bugs aside, and the bugs were super problematic. Like that thing launched terribly. It was broken as fuck when it launched. But even if it ran beautifully, it was not Fallout Online, and that's what people were expecting. So, I I I just disagree that uh, they would have been kinder because you know I'm not sure they should have been kinder I mean okay there were the usual level of assholes but I mean I I think and I think a lot of that too is a perception issue the same thing that like No Man's Sky had Mm -hmm. where like Mm -hmm. if they had come out of the gate and said this is an early access game that's where, totally like, true. And, and not yeah. like this is just a typical broken Bethesda game at launch, but it's like a full game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, don't, I do also find it interesting that like the kind of excitement that putting Skyrim on the squ- Switch should have gotten that attention is actually mo- on The Witcher now. Mm-hmm. Like people are excited about The Witcher three on on Switch in uh, in the way that like. 
they should have been for Skyrim. Because, like, Skyrim, people were like, yeah, okay. That's, like, that's it, nice. It, it, it's like, do you people not remember how big this game is? Yeah. This game is huge! I, I feel like... And I, and I don't know why. I think maybe it's just because people kind of take it for granted how big Elder Scrolls slash Fallout games are. They're huge! Yeah. But the Witcher felt bigger yeah felt yeah and like I, part of that is because like the witcher was like a ps4 game whereas yeah. like skyrim originated on 360 right, 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 but right. but yeah even so it's just like like the witcher 3 feels it's like the you know the next evolution of it's the like, new crisis skyrim, basically yeah remember how crisis yeah. was the benchmark for everything crisis for is still a benchmark for shit like there are still people like yeah got a new pc gonna fire up crisis. <laughs> we're gonna throw it in the Finally 4k <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it will be interesting to see what happens, uh, for sure. Because like, that's you know that's like that's their that's it. Like not that that's it because they have you know they have Arcane Studios making what Arcane Studios does. They've they got have machine Doom, games. They have, yeah, yeah, but like they're cash cow. They're like they're like their raison d'etre is Elder Scrolls. Yep. Yeah. And if that lands with the thud like 76 does man i don't know so i i, I want to propose this to both of you mm-hmm. and this is a how likely do you think question mm, okay who is going to be and how likely do you think it is that this is going to happen who is it going to be in the video game industry that remembers how wildly successful the Disney Vault marketing scheme was. Oh! Because it's going to fucking happen, and whoever does yeah. it is going to get fucking rich. They I mean, like, Nintendo basically yeah. does that. No, like, Nintendo... Maybe, no. like... Nintendo Caterpillar... Like, they, they don't do it on purpose. Yeah, I was just gonna say, Nintendo Caterpillar <laughs> doesn't fucking count. Nintendo Caterpillar coming out and being like, we're only going to make 3,000 copies of Pikmin 3 for Wii U and then never release it again. Like, that... we, We're going to release Super Nintendo games three years after the Switch launches. <laughs> oh, you're going maybe, to have maybe. to buy a very special 3DS if you want to play Super Nintendo games and fuck the rest of you. Like, that's... <laughs> That's that doesn't count. Nintendo. I, lo- I love yeah. your Bob Nintendo voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's well, Nintendo Caterpillar. Nintendo Caterpillar. That's a yeah. that's a deep cut for us. Oh, we're going to make a new Luigi's Mansion. Why don't you re-release Super Mario 3D World? Fuck you. Leave. Get out of my basement. <laughs> that's what Shigeru Miyamoto is doing. Creative chief. That's yeah. That's, he's just wearing a big purple hat. For those. Listening to this, who may not know what we're referring to, and I don't mean Nintendo Caterpillar. That's just if you weren't right. there for that ride, it's not. Don't don't anyway. worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> so what the, what the Disney Vault is, or what they were doing for a while, is they would take a cherished Disney movie mm-hmm. like The Little Mermaid, for example. This is this is back before the whole everything was on demand and and right. like right. and you could own digital copies of things. And they would literally take it off the market for years. For years, and I think tell the, you, it was like seven. It was seven years, yeah. right? And they so did it. They wanted, did it theatrically too. They did it theatrically. Yeah, and they did it theatrically. Like they would run commercials, like 
you better buy the Little Mermaid now before it goes in the vault. And then if, if it was in the vault, you could not purchase a new copy of this. Yeah. Of S- someone was spending yeah. $70 for a copy of Little Mermaid on VHS yep. if you really wanted it that bad. Yep. Uh, man. Yeah. I, f- I, fuck, I, fuck Disney. But like, like, the thing is, is I, I wish... <laughs> I badly want places, and like the funny thing is, is I almost feel like if anybody is going to do it, it might be Square Enix, because they're getting mm. wise. Uh, one of one of the most interesting quotes that I have seen from any executive this summer was the CEO of Square Enix. He was doing an interview just after E3. It was the Game Informer interview, right? Game Informer interview. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And, and they that asked, was a great. That was great. Great interview. Great interview. And they asked him about like, oh, you know, you announced this Secret of Mana remake and the Mana Collection and the Final Fantasy VIII remaster and Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. And he said, ideally, everything that we have ever made will be available on every platform eventually. Like he's like, we want to get it out there. It's just an issue of when and if we can, which is where the fuck is our source code, which is which is like the cunning way of being like, we'll put it out and we'll make a big deal and then it'll probably vanish like Final Fantasy 10 10 2 for Switch. Uh, Dave, you imported a copy of that because you wanted Final Fantasy 10 2 on the cartridge and they only did that in Asia. That, Southeast Asia. Southeast yeah. Asia. Oh, wow. That game is already getting pretty hard to find. Already really? getting pretty. And that's just a few months later. And so I, I feel like there, we're starting to see some people realize that there is... The, absence is important. Absence mm-hmm. is important. The the physical edition of collector uh, Collection of Mana, it's, come, like, it's already out digitally for 40 bucks. The physical edition that's coming out in like a couple weeks, they've already said that that's going to be a limited run. They're like, we're doing we're doing one print run, and then it's going to go bye bye, and then you know, five years later, you're going to want it so bad, you're going to mm-hmm. want it so bad, <laughs> then we're going to give it to you again, and that's like, I wish, I I badly want places like Bethesda to realize that that is vital not just for your business but for your creativity. Like yeah, you're you're yeah. gonna get more out of your artists and yourself if you just give it a fucking rest. Like, not not everybody is a bottomless pit for content. You gotta, gotta give it a little space. You, you don't want to play Elder Scrolls and and uh, vomit inducing VR. <laughs> no, it's not something that you want. No. <laughs> I don't I don't God, no. I don't want to like sit there with a mask on my head and look into like my beer soaked lap and be like, "Oh, I found more mastodon fat. Awesome. Great. I can finally get that bump to my crafting level." Uh, <laughs> which I guess is the voice that I use when I play Skyrim. Oh. Um, but... <laughs> Dope, I found more. John Dovacade over here. <laughs> I oh, found... there we go. <laughs> Coming home late from a day at the office. Barry found... Dovacade. Yeah, Barry Dovacade. I found, Dovacade. found more platinum in that cave, and I'm over-encumbered, so I'll take the long way home. Uh... <laughs> okay, so, so Snapshot in the living with me. 
every like okay so when i play these games obviously i'm encumbered because i can't leave anything behind no this spoon is incredibly important gotta have it I can you'll sell need it, it you'll, like, you'll need it someday i'll need it i gotta sell it so i have enough money so i'm always encumbered and this will happen and i'll go i'm encumbered cumbersome <laughs> to my girl yes every time and i hate myself but i can't stop it oh my god seven mary three drop yeah amazing <laughs> yeah that's yeah. Uh, every time and now uh, you will too you're welcome <laughs> god yeah i mean i i think i've told i think i've told uh you guys and everyone oh god i just realized i'm wearing my vault tech t-shirt Jesus, okay. wow that is <laughs> yeah. telling yeah. telling uh I've definitely told people this. I've told you two this before, but like uh, Skyrim, like I've never finished the story in an Elder Scrolls game. Like I've never gone the distance. Oh, and, like, don't! They're terrible. The yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the main, the they're, main story in so, Elder Scrolls game sucks. So fucking awful. But like, I always get to the same point, which is, I I find some bizarre task that levels me up really quickly, and I become committed to some inane goal and Mm. in skyrim like i basically just spent 50 hours crafting armor and like this is why i hate crafting systems now like i (laughs) skyrim ruined crafting for me forever because like all i did was like leveled up to 90 and it was like making more armor making different armor making this armor (laughs) and then i had nothing left to do that interested me because I'd been to every region at a really early level. So every enemy everywhere was only like level 20. And I was like, like realistically level like 60. And so it was just, there was no challenge left. The story's fucking terrible. So it's not like I'm going to do that. So I was like, well, I haven't boosted my stealth rating and maybe I could juice my levels some more by doing that, but I don't want to be a thief. So I would just go catch a shitload of fish. <laughs> and so I was carrying... Just, like, sneak in the river and pick up fish? And I, I, oh, like, no, I, wait, wait. No, no. Susan knows this already. Yeah. And uh, I would just go get, like, until I was over-encumbered with fish. And then I would go into towns and just <laughs> crouch and sneak and go up to everybody, including the guards, and fill oh, no. their pockets with fish. Fish pockets! And they would be like, what are you doing there, Dovakin? What are you doing? Nine! (laughs) I bet in an hour you'll wonder what that smell is, though. (laughs) 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 With these fish. That's, yeah, so I I gave everyone in the Northlands fucking a pocket full of fish. And then eventually I was like, this game is poison. Fuck this game. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. oh, if my version of that, uh, and something that I hope to fucking God is not in the next Elder Scrolls games, but I know it will be, and I'm gonna have to see a therapist or something. <laughs> fucking Nernroot. Nernroot! It's always there. <sighs> Nern- gotta get, okay, that, so gotta get that glow. Yeah. It's this fucking plant. That there's only a set number of in the entire world, and it glows and buzzes. Mm-hmm. And so I have to find it. <laughs> the end. 
<laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Look about it. Is that Nerdrick? <laughs> Frost troll coming out of nowhere. I'm going to eat your face. Whatever. Is there Nerdrick over there, by the way? What? Is it? Uh. <laughs> Yeah, like does it? What does what does it do? You use it using magic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you just have to have it. Like you, 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 do you end up using it? There's a specific number of something. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I get it. Yep. That's that's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, I got all the feathers in Assassin's Creed too. See, I know what you're talking about. There you go. This is I, our final topic today. I want to warn people, we're going to get into some spoiler territory. Susan, do you, have you watched it yet? Have you watched the movie that we're about to discuss? No, I haven't. Okay, I'll, I will try to be a little non-spoilery then. Okay. Uh, but, like, so the, the flip side to everything that we've been talking about for the, the past 20 minutes or so is that there uh, is a huge uh, number of media companies out there and creators that realize that absence does make the heart grow fonder and that leaving something off the market for a really, really long time, no matter how obscure it was the first time around, leaves at least one fan desperate for it again. Uh, my favorite example of this recently is the fact that this past week, Netflix put out a goddamn Invader Zim movie. And independent company Netflix. Yeah. And, and like a little scrappy. The scrap scrappy little companies, Netflix and Nickelodeon. Uh just just little little uh the the little guys scraping by. Uh basically get went back to Joan and Vasquez and said, Here's a bunch of money to make the thing that we, you know, basically ruined half of your career over. <laughs> Do it Wait, again. What? They ruined oh. his career. Oh, Joan and Vasquez was like persona non grata in the animation industry. Because, what? Yeah, Nickelodeon was horrible to him. Like, oh, no. part of the reason that show ended was Nickelodeon just like was awful to him, awful to his entire staff. Basically, like, you know how like the show just sort of vanished rather than getting canceled. Yeah, I just figured it was too weird. It was too weird, but Nickelodeon was just like, yeah, get to work on season three. We'll let you know. Like. So they're like they were in production on season three, and then basically showed up and were like, "Get the fuck out." That was nice. it. Was it was really bad. And so nice. for years, Joan and Vasquez wouldn't work in animation until he was doing like contract character design for Disney and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, time really turned on that one, and now like the people that run Nickelodeon are people that like you know are grew up watching yeah, Invaders Zim. Yeah. Grew up watching him Ren and Stimpy and shit like that, so they kind of got yeah. it. Anyway, they made this thing, and it is... It's so good. It's yeah. just... <laughs> I watched the trailer today, and I was like, this is... It's just... This is, it's just so goddamn funny. And, like, I, I can... I, I'm willing to spoil, like, some of the plot stuff, because the joy of Invader Zim is never like what is physically happening. It's the little details. That's what you don't want correct. spoiled. Yeah. And so like, the... why is there bacon in the soap? That is not it, a plot point. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> bee! It was some kind of death bee. Like that's, that's, you don't want to spoil that. Why, Piggy? Why? <laughs> right. So the, the plot of the movie is actually like <laughs> It basically acts like the past, like, that in real time, Zim hasn't been seen. 
And so the movie opens and Dib has just been in his room watching his camera feed <laughs> of Zim's house waiting for him to come out since the show went off the air. That's awesome. And he's all like, like, he's like morbidly obese and misshapen because he's just been like sitting in front of a computer. Like he's like basically like an 8-channer and like waiting for Zim to come out. And then... You... <laughs> Zim, like, at the beginning, Gaz goes to try and get him out of his room. And she's like, you're never gonna see him again. Oh, wait, he's right there. And Zim is just outside (laughs) doing calisthenics, and it turns out that Zim has just been in his toilet laughing, thinking that Dib has been watching him for 14 years. (laughs) It's great. But then, like, the rest of the plot, like, it's long. It's, It's over an hour. And it's sort of like a, a series finale, almost. It's, it's like mm. a cap to all of the story. It's about, like, Zim truly almost taking over Earth and destroying it in the process to appease the Urken invaders, the tallest, who mm-hmm. it's so, like, so great. I love those fucking characters so much. So happy they're back. Uh, and Dib trying to convince his dad who's like sort of a a cross between Reed Richards and Bill Nye, doctor, a professor membrane to believe that there are aliens. And that's it. That's, that's the whole plot. And it actually, I'm going to say something I never thought I would say there. Like it's actually kind of touching. It's yeah. Like it's actually very sweet. Like Zim always did have heart. Right. In a very, bizarre way a very bizarre way because it's it's like you've never seen a show so committed to filth like it's just filthy everything is disgusting and awful and oozing and you have two characters who hate each other and realize that they're the only thing that give each other purpose they're the batman and joker (laughs) yeah yeah but like (laughs) but like almost grudgingly knowing it and it, it it like there, there are, there are the when, when the movie like culminates, there are these wonderful moments of self-realization. Like both Dib and Zim are freed, uh, essentially, is is the best way to put it. And it's, I I couldn't believe like I got to the end being like that was really funny and and I got to think about something too. Oh, and it made you <laughs> and it made very me special think. episode. But the thing that I was thinking about after watching it was here was yet another ending that I never thought I was going to get. Like, Mm -hmm. I never thought I was going to get this is what happens to Luke Skywalker actually after he, you know, Mm. sets his robot dad on fire. I never thought that I was going to get oh, this is what happens when everybody realizes that Dale Cooper has been invaded by, like, the demon haunting Twin Peaks. I never thought I Shenmue 3 uh, all of these different things and there is now a we live in a time where as we discussed with Skyrim familiarity breeds contempt we are constantly being fed the richest uh, brain foods that you could possibly be fed in perpetuity but we're also getting back the choice cuts that we never thought we would have again and the thing I wanted to sort of ask you guys and the thing that I, I wanted to ask myself about was 
is there something lost by having all of these loose ends tied up for yourself? Like, did I really, did I really want there? Am I going to get more pleasure and meaning out of there finally being an ending to Invader Zim? Or was I happier when Zim was this treasure that like was underappreciated in its time and became this thing that like millions of people shared? Like that was the weird arc that Zim had, you know? Like it was underappreciated when it was actually on the air, but then five years after the fact, it became shared language. Zim was one of the first things that you and I could ever joke about with each other, Susan. We could like mm-hmm. sit there and just be like, Hooray for Earth! <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah, love the little tacos. I love them good. You, you Burger Lord, like. <laughs> <laughs> is is there like it does is something lost by you know sort of doing the opposite of Bethesda? Is there something lost by going and saying, "Oh shit." There are people with, like, Skeksis tattoos out there. Better make more Dark Crystal. Like, let's, mm. you know, do we, do we need to I do don't, this? Do we, yeah. I mean, the, the, the way that I see it is that you only ever gain something by going back to the well. Hmm. Because if it's good, it can be really good. Yeah. Like, you, you, like, this experience that you're having with Invader Zim. If it's bad, just fucking ignore it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, in, like Indiana Jones is one of my favorite series of all time. Ford movie sucks on ice. <laughs> like, but like I, I don't need the context of Shia LaBeouf swinging across trees to like ruin my enjoyment of movies one through three. Like I, it doesn't take that away from me. Sure, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, like even with like the recontextualization of that, I, I think like there can be. This this need, especially you know, we're all ensconced in pop culture. We've you know, this is kind of what we've done for years. Uh, and is this need to like, com- like put all of the canon yeah into one place? Yeah. And like this is all of a piece, and it's like no, it's fucking not. Like like Star Wars was made like. He came, like George Lucas came up with the idea for the first one, not knowing he was gonna make like two whatever he wants to say about calling it episode four. Like <laughs> fuck you, no, uh, like you did not know that Luke and Leia were going to be sisters when you had them make out in Empire Strikes Back. Okay, don't be weird. Um, <laughs> like these things exist. It, like they they can exist within themselves. We we can compartmentalize the parts of them that we enjoyed, and ignore the rest of it. Because like ultimately, like I don't want to say like art doesn't matter because it does, but like it doesn't. Sure. You know? No, I get like, that. I get that. That makes sense. So just you know, take the experiences that you want from it. That's 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 my lesson to you, viewers at home. Viewers at home. Yeah, it. <laughs> it's so funny. I all right. No, quick little aside, I don't think I've ever told either of you guys this story. When Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out in 2008, mm-hmm. I actually got press invite for that that movie. It was going to be a week before it came out, like a proper press screening. However, this was a big Lucasfilm press screening, so everybody who got a press invite to review it also got a plus one. 
and they did one of like the big screenings where a bunch of families could go rather than just critics the idea being this is an indiana jones movie will fill the theater with people having the shared theater experience i brought my really good friend uh who loved indiana jones with me and who like was like my movie buddy like he was the guy who always went to the movies that theater was packed with 250 people dead silence when that movie stopped (laughs) when it got to the credits you could hear a fucking pin drop from the crowd dead silence and they like they weren't blasting the music of the credits it wasn't like so it was like quiet and the first thing anyone heard was my friend going why did you do that to me I just looked at him and was like, I didn't know! I didn't know! I thought it was Spielberg and Lucas back again. I, it was going to be good. I was like Ray in Ghostbusters. It just popped in there. Like, uh, I needed... To, okay, so my daughter's middle name is Indy. Oh, shit. She was born the week Kingdom of the Crystal Skull uh, was coming out. We couldn't see it because we were in the hospital. And then we started hearing that like the movie was terrible and like we had friends going like oh i bet you regret that and i was like no i fucking love indiana jones like who gives a shit that this movie sucks like i didn't even watch it until it was on dvd like months later because i don't know like again like in the moment yeah sure it sucks like it's a bad movie why would you make a bad movie yeah i don't know like sean connery was in the last one that movie was all right kick ass I, yeah, dude. Like the funny thing is, is I I feel like that that feeling, like both both of these experiences that we're describing right now with Indiana Jones sort of illustrate the point that you're talking about, Dave. But also get to the point of like that feeling of like, why did you do this to me? Does happen to people when all of a sudden they're confronted with a new thing after not having the the thing that they loved for a really really long time. It, it feels very personal. And that's why you get, like, this extreme reaction of, like, either, like, oh, thank God, or, ugh, oh, God, no, and revulsion. But I feel like the ability to do what you're talking about, like, man, it doesn't matter. Just, like, enjoy the things that you enjoy and let the rest go. Used to be the norm. Like, I think people forget that, like, Young Indiana Jones Chronicles or whatever the hell it was Oh, yeah. Like, that shit existed, and no one cared. No one was like, oh, man. That's true. Like, Young Indiana Jones Chronicles tarnished the franchise forever! I'm going to send a stern letter to the studio and tell them they ruined my childhood. Finally, the lost story of an off-brand River Phoenix can be told. (laughs) Right. Okay, first of all, Sean Patrick Flannery deserves more credit than that. Oh! Okay, okay, fair. Secondly, (laughs) uh, what people don't remember about that show is it was originally two different young indiana Jones. yes yeah it was like it was it was him when he was like eight yeah and then him when he was sean patrick flannery and the eight-year-old lasted two episodes yep <laughs> everybody was like i don't want to watch this goddamn kid and then yoink all those episodes got shit canned and it was just sean patrick and, flannery every week and yet six years later george lucas didn't learn his goddamn lesson he's like i'm gonna make that eight-year-old uh, work I'm just... Yep. This time. <laughs> this time. 
It's all part of my original vision. I'm not going to ruin an eight-year-old's well, yeah, it, life. <laughs> it, used, it used to be the norm because the internet didn't used to exist. Right. Yeah. yeah the internet didn't used to exist. The goddamn Yeah, internet. because like then, if, if you were offended by young Indiana Jones, you just didn't watch it. Yeah. And you go, this is stupid. It doesn't look like Indy. And you didn't watch it and you went on with your life. Yeah. There was nothing there to fuel your yeah. indignation. And the funny thing is, is had the, like, the, the, and the flip side of that is if the internet did exist, none of these things would have ended. They just would have like kept persisting. Like if the internet, if like high speed internet and video were ubiquitous in 2002 when Invader Zim was still on, we'd be on episode, like season 47 of Invader Zim at this point. Yeah, like Hulu would have picked it up or something, right? Yeah, stayed around forever. Ah, man. And yet another episode of Continue where Anthony brings a topic that just all ends with us being like, existence is weird. That's the segment I offer you. I'm thinking about it, though, and it depends on who I was when the thing happened. Oh, really? That's interesting. Because, like, I'm th- I'm thinking about it, and uh, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Yeah. I <laughs> loved that show. And it ended after one season, I think. There were two. There, two. There, there were two. There were two. There were two. Okay, there were two. But you Weird never did show. find, like, you never found out about the ball. Weird. Yeah. Like, and that, that has open threads, and it was a very weird show. I do not believe that I would appreciate it the same way... Like, if they, if they even just made it, like, because uh, the, the Rocco's Modern Life special is totally Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah. Zim is totally Zim. So even if they made totally Briscoe County, I, I'm not the same person I was when I was watching that on television. Right. I don't think I would like it. Yeah. Not yeah. that, you know, so uh, that's where I'm at with it. I, I and like, I, you know, I... It's really funny. I like much like all things. Everybody listening, if you're younger than us, and it's likely that you are, you uh, are. let's be honest, <laughs> you are. Uh, if you like a thing that you think is cool and everybody shits on it, just wait twenty years. Just wait twenty yeah. years. Because the yeah. thing, the thing that everybody there are there are, on, there are Star Wars prequels apologists right now. Right now, oh, yeah. everybody will finally wake up and be like, "Oh shit, it was cool. We were just dicks." Uh, <laughs> Hi, welcome to my life as a Doctor Who fan. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, welcome to being a Doctor Who fan. It's it's like, so like not even Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross. I fucking mm. love Chrono Cross. That, that game, game is great. awesome. What it's are you talking awesome. About? I've loved it the people, whole time. People suck. And yeah, and <laughs> people's so, opinions were bad. Then. And everybody <laughs> for twenty years has been like Chrono Cross, the worst. Do people think of all that time. game is bad? People have been saying it's yeah. bad for twenty years, <gasps> and only and They're now. Wrong. Just because some gossamer went out there and made a pretty HD versions of the backgrounds, everybody's like, Chrono Cross is an underappreciated gem. Blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> the funny thing is, is like that, Susan, hard, like Chrono Cross is both an amazing game, but that was also a very specific moment in my life playing mm-hmm. that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And both of those that factors tie into the fact that like, People are constantly like, when is Square going to like bring back Chrono, make a new Chrono? Don't. Please don't. Yeah, don't. don't. Don't ever touch that series again. I swear to God, just leave it 
alone. Let that dog lie. Because, yeah. A, I, I just, I, A, I don't think their talent pool, uh, yeah. there, are a lot of, there are a lot of wonderful creators there. You don't want to see uh, uh, directed by Tetsuya Nomura. <laughs> I, I take eight years to make and like everyone has like weird names with multiple apostrophes I, in them. I'm not saying I'm not saying that the people who make games there uh, are bad. I think they're wonderful. I play those games. I enjoy them. I don't think that there is any part of that business structure that would allow them to make something mm. that willfully strange ever mm. again. Like ever. It just won't yeah. happen. Uh, nor will they make something that's like honestly kind of modest in scale and execution like part of what mm -hmm. made that work is that it was like let's roll the dice and see what happens but it's also I'm never going to be 18 again and like yeah. alone yeah. for the first time and you know all of these different things it's, it's never going to happen I don't want to touch that again that mm -hmm. said <laughs> Watching Invader Zim was not just like, oh shit, this is still tapping the deep, dark scorn demon that's in my heart <laughs> and in the same way and making me laugh. But it, like, you know, I was watching it and Kate was sitting next to me on the couch being like, why are you making me suffer through this? Please. Oh! Like, well, because, like, Kate's. The thing she hates most in the world is yelling. <laughs> and oh. Oh, there's a lot of yelling. That's all, that's all it yelling. is. <laughs> It's literally only yelling. It's just, I know, but it's funny yelling. It's funny but yelling. It's so funny. Oh my god. She she married you though. Like that's like the, your thing. The, the heart wants what it wants, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like as we were watching it, like I couldn't help but be thrown back to like summer of two thousand one. I would stay late after closing where I worked so that I could watch on the TV at work by myself. Like, I wouldn't have to worry about fighting for the TV anywhere. I would stay after late at work and watch the new episode of Invader Zim all summer in 2001. Oh, and it was wow. like, it was like my, my secret lair of pleasure. Like, I would sit there, like, go outside, chain smoke, and then come in and watch Invader Zim. And meanwhile... Eventually, like, through the summer, like, I couldn't keep doing that. And so I would watch it at home, and I was staying with my father. And, like, he would sit there being like, this is so stupid. This is awful. This is the worst show I've ever seen. Just, but laughing while he did it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it became, like, it became our thing, him hating Invader Zim. And so the same, the same, <laughs> the same summer... <laughs> Nick at Night started playing uh, Get Smart for the first time. Oh, Get Smart. And he, like, my dad was obsessed with Get Smart. Like, it was his favorite thing when he was a kid. And so he set up his VCR to start taping Get Smart. <laughs> and I would go and tape over episodes with Invader Zim, knowing that he would go to watch it and then be forced you to You asshole! Yeah! <laughs> But the best. You shout blessed at him too. Oh god! I, yeah, I blessed my own dad repeatedly. And wow. the best is like once he got like once he was like seriously don't do it again. I would wait like I would I would like watch the Get Smart episode so like it would get through the title sequence. 
Oh my god! And then like he, you know, like if you watch the title sequence for Get Smart, he like goes down yeah, in the yeah, little yeah. Ele- like phone booth elevator. So you would go down in the phone booth elevator, and then it would immediately cut to dun 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 dun. dun invade oh my him. god! I'd wait until like half an episode finished. <laughs> oh my god! What? Uh, just a relentless dickhead. <laughs> So, like, I would be like, I, I could be downstairs, and then I would hear from his study, God damn it! What? <laughs> he, he had to start hiding the tapes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the point is, is that I got to go. <laughs> Invader Zim, let you know me what? go back there. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Anthony, you were just teaching him a lesson. Just teaching him a lesson. Uh, everybody, I feel like I feel like the backers of this show have taught us all a lesson. Dave, who the fuck caused this? Who made Bridget! this? <laughs> all right, this is. We're gonna give a special shout out to our Patreon backers. Go to Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> slash continue podcast and you get exclusive uh, podcast content or a shout out like I'm about to do I don't know. right I, now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright special shout out to Ryan Brady, Nick Grugan, Double Taco Yaddle, Gluttony One of Seven Ryan Mance, Peter Adam Condra <laughs> <laughs> David is broken. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Peters, Michael Coffey, Thierry Belair, Eric Van Quill, The Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, <laughs> Elio Dare, Stormshot, Frank Sands, Caleb Houston, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, uh, Tim Chesson, Daniel Squire, and Tom. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you, beautiful <laughs> bastards, so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, anyone, anyone who is not a backer and happens to be listening, to this show, thank you for listening. Enough, because as you can tell, we actually really enjoy doing this, and it means a lot. To <laughs> anyone would want to listen to it. Uh, it would mean the world if you did choose to back. Uh, even one dollar helps us all justify to our mutual spouses. Uh, us to keep doing this. And this, uh, this needs some justification, let me tell you. It explains yeah. the cackling. It explains the cackling. <laughs> uh, and if not, if you don't even have a dollar to spare, and God knows we appreciate that as well, uh, please just share the show. Leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us a review on Spotify. Talk about it on Twitter. Whatever. You, you can do that. You can tag us on Twitter. We're at ContinuePod. Share the website for the show. It's ContinuePodcast.com and uh means the world in the meantime susan where can people find you uh people can find me uh on twitter at susan arndt uh i'm uh where you can hear me talk about my uh latest foray into the long dark into oh my god them wolves them wolves forever oh then let me talk moose motherfucker (laughs) moose That's some moose, moose you gotta worry about. Moose? Oh my god. Okay, so the first moose wrecked my shit. Broke my ribs. Wrecked my... I, like, I died. The, oh no. Bad. 
then, oh, yeah, it was bad. Like, Moose is like, I'm like, oh, Moose, like, I'm just going to sneak around you. He's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> so then, uh, okay, so that, okay. So I'm on, like, day 62 of survival, and I'm going stir-crazy because there's, like, it's, you know, there's blizzards every five seconds. I'm like, what am I going to do? I know. Let me look at all the things I can craft. Oh, I can make a backpack. Shit, I need a moose hide for that. Okay, well, I'm going to boil water because I'm thirsty. And as I'm boiling water, I hear a moose. Oh, no. So I get my rifle. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's on. And I killed that moose, and I skinned that moose, and now I have a moose backpack. Oh, yeah! Man. I like to imagine that the backpack has antlers still. <laughs> like, it's extra weight. I couldn't figure it. out how to take these off. Uh. <laughs> the back, the backpack is just his mouth. You're just opening up. Uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave, where can people find you being angry at the world? Uh, you, you... Uh, you can find me at David Robots on Twitter, where I uh, last night I tweeted out a brief 16-second clip of Judgment, where I threw a guy into a koi pond, yeah. and a man got his nose bitten by a turtle, nice. and he f- flailed, and then he sunk into the water, the turtle swam away, but the man never showed up again. Oh, no. So I think that turtle killed that so man. So yeah. Yeah. He got turtled to death. Uh, that game is... It's so good. That's turtled. a great game. Yeah. It's real good. Is this like, a Yakuza game? Yeah. It's uh, it's like a... It's a detective... But it's... You're a detective. It's its own thing. And you solve mysteries and you Ooh. investigate things. Yeah, it's cool. They made... No, okay. Susan, yeah, they made Ace Attorney. Like, it's... you, It's... They ate, They just took Ace Attorney and all the stuff that you do in Ace Attorney, and then we're like, "What if we did that in the Yakuza town?" And it's except, and you're also you also play like a really hot Japanese TV star who has some sick martial arts moves. Yeah, all right, I'm into it. It's I'm, so I'm yeah. for this. Yeah, you should. I, yeah, honestly, like this might be the judgment's one. the one for. Yeah, yeah, it's the one to play because it's like there is crime stuff, but it's through the lens of like a really bitchin' murder mystery. So and there's awesome. no. And there's no baggage because it's all its own thing. It's all its own cool. thing. Its own story. It. Cool, 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 cool. I am here for it. Play that game. Uh, you guys can also follow me fitfully uh, at a at a John Agnello on Twitter. <laughs> my begrudgingly. My appearances on the internet these days are like swift and irregular. Uh, but you just drop a thing about fucking Steely Dan and then disappear into the ether. Bye, everyone. Yeah, but you want to know what happened after I dropped that? I was just in my car being like, stop, do it again. Wait a second, is this song fucking rad? Have I never realized that do it again is fucking rad? Oh my god, they're trash! It's so good! The heart wants what it wants. (laughs) Uh, Your heart has terrible taste. I think we've already determined that a long time ago. Uh, he can't sing. It, no, 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 not at all, not at all. But it don't matter when you got grooves. Uh, that's oh shit. Oh my god. Uh, I I will also say uh, the week that you're hearing this, go to theringer.com, uh, where I'm rolling. I'm rolling with that Bill Simmons big dog these days. You can see my first feature for the Ringer uh, on Thursday, the oral history of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Until next time, everybody, we'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye.